0: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Worship at Hillhead. Our service this morning will be led by Katrina, our minister, and as usual, we'll have various folk from the congregation involved in a variety of ways. But we'll particularly enjoy the ministry of our younger generation in one way or another, in different um, expressions or modes, as today we celebrate our Sunday school. Um, As shared last Sunday during our church meeting, we need to think about our worship services after Katrina leaves mid-August. Holly was asking us a question, which of the church ministries gives you joy and energy, and so which one you feel you could contribute to? Is it community building? Is it the vision for what comes next? is it for our common worship? And if it's worship, if you think it may be worship, then would you please let me know? Um, I'm not looking just for people willing and, and able to lead and, and, and preach and break open the word in other ways. You may not need to be in the front, but if you can offer your hands, um, your yourselves as a sounding board, perhaps even if you if you very much care about um, the shape of our worship in these coming months, then please let me know. If, if if you're here physically, then perhaps speak to me. If not, just drop me a note. Um, because it will depend on all of us what kind of worship services we are going to have for the foreseeable future. So talk to me, uh, write to me. I, I very much hope to hear from a few of you about this. On the family news front, Alan has now moved to David Cargill House and is able to have visitors. So let's continue to keep him in prayer and, of course, to visit. Next Sunday, Katrina will be leading the service and preaching, and it will be the first in a short series focusing on John, the Gospel of John, chapters 14 to 17, which will be our focus for the next few weeks. And now it's time for the candle to be lit. Esther. And see. Hey. As
1: we gather for worship, let us join to, together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ light this day.
2: And as we gather, let us come to God in prayer. Thank you, God, for this special day when we can celebrate with our Sunday school. We thank you for the grown-ups who, week by week, prepare interesting and fun activities for our children to enjoy. We thank you for the children and young people who make friends with those they only see on a Sunday, and who share with us their natural spirituality, curiosity and joy. We remind ourselves how much Jesus valued the children he met. Some were brought by their parents, especially for a blessing. Some were there as part of a bigger crowd. Some were sick or in pain. And there are some whose words and actions continue to speak to us thousands of years later. Grateful for the work of Sunday schools, Bible classes, youth fellowships, youth organisations, holiday Bible clubs and much, much more. We each take a moment to think back on our own childhood and youth thinking about the people who were significant in our own faith story and helping to shape our own values and understanding. Whatever our age or stage, whatever our story, and whatever we believe, wonder or doubt, you, God of all, love every single one of us deeply. And for that, we give you thanks. Amen.
3: We're invited now to pray the Lord's Prayer in whatever language you feel most comfortable. Padre nuestro que estás en los cielos, santificada sea tu nombre. Venga tu reino, hágase tu voluntad, en la tierra como en el cielo. Danos hoy el pan de este día, Y perdóna nuestras deudas, como nosotros perdonamos nuestros deudores. Y no nos dejes caer en la tentación, sino que líbranos del mal. Amén. Hi everyone, so for our end of term service this year, Emma came up with a great idea to introduce you all to the Sunday School and our young people and our children. So some of them you might have known since they were born and others you might have just become to know more recently. Some we see in person and some we see online, but each one brings their own stories, their own interests, likes and dislikes that make them the special people part of our church. So enjoy this short video that shows some of the things that some of our children and young people have been enjoying at the moment.
1: And my age is eight, I like to skip, g- g- and, gymnast- g- and I like gymnastics, and singing.
4: No. Oh. <laughs> Emma.
3: It's I think you can see we've got a very talented, a very special group of young people here at Hillhead. Um, some of them got musical talents, sporting talents and some find laughter in the best things. So, I think we'll give them another round of applause. Just to- 1 to 6 and 10 to 14. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child, set him in front of them, and said, I tell you this, unless you turn round and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Let a man humble himself till he is like this child, and he will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But if a man is a cause of stumbling to one of these little ones who have faith in me, it would be better for him to have a millstone hung round his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Never despise one of these little ones I tell you they have their guardian angels in heaven who look continuously on the face of my heavenly father what do you think suppose a man has a hundred sheep and if one of them strays does he not leave the other 99 on the hillside and go in search the one that strayed and if if he should find it I tell you this, he is more delighted over that sheep and over the ninety-nine that never strayed. In the same way, it is not your heavenly Father's will that one of these little ones should be lost.
2: looked at the baby she had just given birth to. Jesus lay there, snug and warm, in the manger where she had put him to sleep after a feed. She took in every detail of his tiny body, the wisps of dark, wavy hair, the long eyelashes, the tiny fists tightly clenched. The new baby smell. The sound of his breathing. How could she be a mother at all? How could this be her son? How could she ever fulfill what was expected of her? What was expected of every mother and every parent to love cherish and nurture this new life. Washing Jesus, changing Jesus, feeding Jesus. Those early days of utter dependence, as she learned to understand his cries and as he acclimatised to life as part of this very ordinary human family. His first smile, or was it wind? His first word, his first steps. How he stood next to her as she cooked and cleaned. How he followed Joseph to the synagogue. Those annual pilgrimages to Jerusalem and how each year he grew taller and stronger more independent and more curious. And the heart-stopping moment when he got lost, when they were on their way home from Jerusalem, and the worrying and the wondering, the searching high and low, the fleeting anger and the lasting relief when he was found safe and sound in the temple. The precocious preteen she knew and loved so well and how he dutifully came home where he grew up and stayed well into adulthood. The story we heard today is of an adult Jesus, a man in his 30s who, as far as we know, never got married and never had children of his own. And yet a man who seems to love children and value them. Maybe he recalls his own childhood in Nazareth. Maybe he recalls a love of Mary and Joseph, of brothers and sisters, of neighbours and friends. Maybe he remembers rabbis who encouraged him or that time he visited the temple. Who is the most important, he is asked, and his hearers undoubtedly think they know the answer. The most important people, obviously, are adults. Obviously, adults who are educated and wealthy and powerful, and adults who are men. Perhaps they imagine the most important people include their religious leaders, The priests, the Levites, the Pharisees, and the rabbis all held up to ordinary people as examples of piety and wisdom. So when Jesus looks around, spots a little child, and calls it to stand in front of him, everyone is astounded. I'm not sure which translation of the Bible Jenny used, but many translations of the Bible into English use the word he for the child, and that's not correct. In the Greek, it is it. Jesus takes a child and it and stands that child amidst the people. Scholars suggest that that means this child was almost certainly less than five years old, reflecting a Roman culture in which children under the age of five were deemed valueless. In fact, they were often viewed as little more than animals. And only if they lived to the age of five would they be given a name. So maybe Jesus took a toddler, and maybe it was a girl, and stood that child in front of them and said, this is the kind of person you need to be like. These are the important people. And that child, boy or girl, toddler or whatever age they were, acts as a symbol and sign for all the people whose society thinks are expendable and worthless. Most of us will be really familiar with the first part of what Jesus says, that in order to enter the kingdom, we have to become like children. So that means to be curious and playful, to be imaginative, to be asking questions, but it also means to be powerless and vulnerable. And all of that is hugely challenging when most, if not all of us, have spent a lifetime gaining qualifications for which we've worked really hard, getting jobs and status, property and possessions. And it's difficult when life has probably shown us a lot of disappointment, when we've become disillusioned or cynical, perhaps, as a result of what life has brought our way. Be like a child, says Jesus. Be like Killian. Be like Arthur and Rory. Be like Esther and Shay. Be like the children who are not with us today. That's what you are to be like. Sounds nice, doesn't it, when you say it on a Sunday from the front? but it's not so easy to live it. But we're also told that to welcome children is to welcome Jesus himself. The Jesus who needed his nappy changed. The Jesus who couldn't yet speak. The Jesus who turned cartwheels down the aisle of the synagogue. If such a thing would have been allowed, I suspect not. The Jesus who was still learning to read, learning how to play, learning how to pray, struggling to be still and quiet, wondering what it meant to help other people. The Jesus who was a child, a preteen and an adolescent. The hymn writer, Leith Fisher, who a long time ago was a friend of this church, put it like this in one of his hymns. Look at the child here in your midst, who has so much and more to say of what it means to follow me, to come and walk my way. Clearly, for Jesus, the safety, well-being and flourishing of children is paramount. And the warning he issues is especially dire. He doesn't spell out what he means by causing somebody to stumble. So we have to work it out for ourselves. But surely, in some senses, this relates to good practices around safeguarding, about providing safe places for children and young people to be. Surely it means something about providing opportunities for children and young people to play their full part in the life of the church. And sometimes that is best done in age-appropriate groups. And sometimes it's best done in amongst the adults. It's challenging. What does it mean to cause children to stumble? What does it mean to cause others to stumble? What are the truths we must hold fast to? And what are the cultural conditionings we might reflect upon. The parable about straying sheep seems to follow on from what Jesus has already said about children and may suggest a broader definition of the little ones to include all who are powerless and vulnerable, all who depend on those who have power and authority to protect them, support them and care for them. What really strikes me today is that in this story, Jesus speaks of a shepherd whose priority is not the adult sheep, who frankly are perfectly capable of fending for themselves for a while, but on those for whom the risk of stumbling or wandering off is the most real and most frightening. This, says Jesus, is where the energy should be spent, looking after the little ones. Children, certainly. But also those who society may deem unimportant or expendable. I could try to list them, but I've missed people off, and it would be biased by my ideas of who they are. But maybe we can each take that idea away and ponder it. Who are the little ones that Jesus calls us to go out and look for? Today, as we celebrate the end of the academic year and hear from the children and young people who are part of our church, the little ones entrusted to our care, maybe Jesus is challenging us to continue to think how best we nurture and encourage them so that they can flourish. How we really value the children in our midst and how much we actually invest in them. I'd like to end with a massive thank you to those who week by week on behalf of us all support and encourage our children particularly I'd like to thank Emma and Bethany who are our main Sunday school leaders also Margaret and Mulgee who I know very often go out as helpers and there have been other people who've done guest classes guest appearances over the year and there'll be people I've missed I hate doing lists of names because I always miss somebody But I want to say to those people, thank you so much for caring for these precious little ones. And may God continue to bless you in all that you do. Prayers today are intentionally going to depart from our usual pattern of using various published diaries and will instead focus explicitly on children and young people and those who work or volunteer in their education, nurture and care. At various times during the prayer, I will pause and we are invited, if we'd like to, to join in singing the Teze chant, O Lord, hear my prayer. Let us pray. God, who in Jesus, entered our world as a vulnerable baby, who had to learn to walk and to talk, discovering what it meant to be fully human in a first-century peasant family, exploring the deep truths of Jewish faith, we bring you our prayers for the children and young people with whom we have contact, some of them week by week, others only infrequently or at a distance. As we name them, so we pray for them and their families, each known and loved by you. Killian, Ben, Aaron, Arthur BC, Duncan, Kurt, Owen, Ethan, Esther, Shay, Bonnie, Benjamin, Bardia, Nikan, Nikia, Rory, Arthur G., and Sarah. We also think of those who have grown up and moved on from Sunday school, giving thanks for all we have shared with them and entrusting them to God's continuing care. God, who in Jesus, grew to be a man who had a real heart for children and young people, reminding adults that it is they, children and young people, who model curiosity, innocence and wonder that you value so highly. We bring you our prayers for those who care for the children with whom we have connections, naming especially Emma, Bethany, Margaret and Moji in the Sunday School. And also for all the parents, grandparents and carers who look after those entrusted to them day by day. A rabbi, a teacher. We pray for all those in our church whose daily work is in education and training, for those who teach in schools, colleges, and universities, and for those who provide on the job training, supervision, and mentoring for others. May they each find fulfillment as they enable and encourage a new generation to acquire knowledge hone skills and develop confidence. God, who in Jesus spoke powerful words to all who would hear and who speaks the same words to us today, we pray for all who may be described as little ones, for all children and young people, of course, but also for those of all ages trapped in poverty, oppressed or abused by people with power over them, for those who are marginalised or excluded for who they are, and for those forced to flee their homelands to seek asylum or refuge in faraway places. Help us to learn and to relearn how best to live out your command to love others as we love ourselves. God, who in Jesus knew laughter and tears, love and loss, anger and joy, frustration and fulfilment. In a few moments of quiet, we open our hearts to you, that we may share our feelings and thoughts with you. And to know again the breadth and depth of your parental love for us. God, who in Jesus, we know as sibling, friend, teacher and saviour, accept our prayers offered in his name. Amen.
3: We have got some gifts for our young people. Um, Just as a thank you for a wonderful Sunday school year. We've had a lot of fun. And now we know all the instruments that you can all play. We need to teach Killian guitar, we've got a praise band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, we have Sarah. This is her last prize-giving as part of the young people um, before she moves on to young adult, I guess. Um, so as we go through each person individually, if we give them a round of applause to say thank you. And we've got Nickian. Benjamin Bardia Esther Shay <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, Bonnie
3: And Duncan. (laughs) (laughs) Rory. And Arthur. Aaron. And Ben.
4: Killian. <laughs>
3: Might be <having> a bottle. <laughs> and Arthur, which is Marit's baby, Ethan, and Owen. That's all of our young people. We look forward to a new fun year of Sunday school next year. Thank you.
2: God of all ages who entered our world as a human baby who grew up in an ordinary family in a small northern town who was a, who as a preteen questioned the received wisdom of educated leaders and who in adulthood welcomed and celebrated little children may we your children of all ages always know ourselves to be loved and cherished And may we love and cherish others. Amen.